Hey cuties, welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What? I'm Mimi Robinson, and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter with a dose of entertainment and a side of pop culture. I'm a dope-ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and I still have a life of my own. Mimi, update. Life was crazy as fuck last week, y'all. So... (laughs) Remember, I got the podcast out late last week because so much was going on and it did not slow up. Okay, so I did engage in some retail therapy. You know, I needed a little something for my troubles. And so um, I have been shopping. I Actually, I think I've been shopping all week. Legit. But it felt good for the soul. I did get in on the uh the second drip of Ivy Park. It was like the black collection. So I did get uh, one item there. I did not get the sneakers I wanted, but I still might get them um, on the back end. And what else did I buy? I think I told y'all about a coach purse. It's a little small crossbody joint. Um, I bought some sneakers and I bought me some more sneaker boxes. Y'all, my sneaker head addiction It's not out of control. It's manageable. It's easily managed, but it's growing. I'm excited though. It's not out of control because I don't like not pay my bills and shit to buy sneakers. I feel like that's out of control. But right now I have six new pair of sneakers in the closet that are still just in the sneaker boxes. So I bought 12 more boxes so I like the clear acrylic sneaker boxes they're not sneaker boxes they're shoe boxes from the container store but I use them for my sneakers and so I had to buy 12 more I just told you I got six so half of them are gonna be full already but I'm getting it together and getting ready for the new ones that will join the club so the pair I ordered last week is out for delivery this week and so that'll be pair number seven So hopefully the boxes come soon so I can go ahead and get that together. Uh, My goal legit is to have floor to ceiling clear acrylic boxes with my shoes in it. I have floor to ceiling shoes right now, but they're in a different system. So that made me feel amazing. But the week was crazy and chaotic. Um, I don't even want to go back and forth between all of the foolishness and the fuckery because it was just too much. But I will say, um, because I did tell you guys my mom had surgery and that was part of my stress, she is doing well. Um, We celebrated her birthday on Friday. She turned 66. My mother is not one of those women who was like, don't ask me my age. Bitch, why? Because any age you make it to, you should be thankful. It ain't a damn secret. So she turned 66. And so Friday morning, I took her back to Baltimore for her post-op and so they cleared her said she's doing well you know she gotta keep up the good stuff and so the night before my sister and I decided to throw together a zoom party I mean throw together y'all like it was probably about close to a 24 hour time frame from the time in which we started I no, the time in which I created the invitation and then we started sending it to people and the time the actual event happened. But I will say people showed up and showed out for my mom and that was so dope. Um, people mostly didn't ruin it, but there were a few. I don't think we necessarily told them it was a secret, but why are you running your mouth? Bitch, either you coming or you not coming. Why are you talking to her about it when the invitation came from her children, not from her? 
um, people got to ruin stuff. Matter of fact, my aunt, one of my aunts was one of them who ruined it. And I sent her a text and um, I pretty much was like, why you had to ruin it? <laughs> I'm such an asshole. But I was just so annoyed. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Anyway, um, she loved it. So she had some of her, my mother's a real estate agent. So she had some of her colleagues there, some family, some friends. She's also a member of the Red Hat Society. So her Red Hatters were there and it was a pleasant surprise. My sister got her this little sparkly red hat for her to wear. And despite the rough week that she had from her surgery, it was um, a nice ending and a way to celebrate her birthday outside of us. So um, my household of four drove to them so we could be there with her. So it was a good time. We bought her her favorite cake and sang happy birthday on the Zoom and she blew out her candle and all that other stuff. So um, I keep telling people, like it's a pandemic going on and we are so serious about the pandemic, but there's still ways that you can, you know, make the special moments special. Don't not do it just because there's a pandemic. Um, I feel like that says something about your personality. Um, for some people, not everybody, some people are just struggling and believe me, I get it. But, um, some people also just easily be like, oh no, it's a pandemic. Well, it means you need to pivot. It don't mean that you just need to fall out. Like, no, I believe in celebrating birthdays. Um, and so I'm gonna find a way to celebrate a birthday. So that was Friday. Um, and that was a good time. I've been in full on birthday mode since October, honestly. <laughs> but on Tuesday, um, my son turned 16. And so I've been in birthday mode for him. So on Saturday, we had a drive by. And I didn't want to do it kind of like you do the little kids because he's 16. And he don't like to celebrate his birthday anyway. So I had it open from three to five. And I created an invitation and everything sent it to our family and friends. He sent it to his friends, inviting them to drive by between that two hour window. Um, and just, you know, send us a text or let us know when they're on their way. And y'all, my biggest worry was that people were not going to show up for my baby. And I don't know why. I think I always have that feeling because my sister and I were like, these people better show up for mom. Um, but they did. They showed up in grand fashion from my village, my husband's village, our collective village, our family, our friends, my son's friends, and my son's martial arts. So my son started martial arts. I think he was seven right before my daughter was born. And we've been heavy um, in the martial arts community. So my kids do hat mudo, which is mixed martial arts. And my son has been uh, a black belt, junior black belt. I don't know, for years now. It's been so long, I don't even remember. And my daughter is a blue belt. Um, and so um, their master, shout out to Master Barentes, um, <laughs> he came through and they are such an extension of our family. And because I told y'all my son is 16, we've been riding with them hard for many years. So it was so dope to see them come by and the, the martial art vans wrapped in everything. Um, and I was just like, oh, you guys, you guys are trying to get me in my feelings. Um, but it was so nice, like just to see them coming down the street and honking and all kinds of stuff. It was it was a good time. And even though my son would have been fine doing nothing, that probably would have been his preference. He definitely enjoyed himself. And it was nice for him to see some of his friends. And granted, you know, it's not the same, but it was nice to chit chat. You know, he'd stand on a sidewalk with his mask on to talk to them. You know, they'd be in their car and that kind of stuff. So um, that was a lot of fun. I made them some dope swag bags. I had a gamer theme because my son is a gamer. So I made it teenage appropriate and I had got him a cake, 
y'all the cake was bomb the cake was so bomb so it's this young black girl who lives in the area and she makes cakes she's like uh, 21 around that age maybe I think like 2021 and let me just tell you something she did that okay she did that her name is uh Leah and her Instagram is dates delights with an underscore at the end and shout out to Leah because she was bomb my sister-in-law told me she was good and so I ordered a red velvet cake from her I ordered um some cinnamon bun cupcakes which will change your fucking life and I ordered some sugar cookies that look like the xbox game controller and then other cookies that were the number 16. She did that. All of that shit was so bomb and it tastes so good. We'll definitely be ordering from her again. Um, Y'all know I'm in Maryland. I'm in the DC area. So she is local to me. So if you're in the area and you're looking, let me know. I posted on my feed some pictures from Saturday and I definitely tagged her. She's closed for December, but she'll open back up at the top of the year. So that was a good time. And then after that, we had dinner. My mom came, my mom and my sister came over and then my mother and father-in-law and my brother-in-law. So it was a very small gathering. We were under 10 um, and I had Chipotle catered because <laughs> sis was not cooking shit. And we had a good time. I, I'm one of those people. I love getting together with my family. When I say family, I mean my blood family and my in-laws because my husband and I have been together almost 17 years. Okay, we've been rocking for a minute. So they are family across the board and our families are heavily blended. And I don't mean just my immediate family and his immediate family. Our extended families are very blended. And so I always have a good time when my family gets together. Like we cut up and shoot the shit and I don't know. It just restores my soul. Um, Our family's got some shit with them. All families do, but (laughs) it's always a good time. And then y'all. We're going to talk about this later. And then we sat and watched um, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion um, and commented like I hadn't seen it before, but I had. So um, I had a wonderful uh, ending to a very, very stressful week. So Sunday, I chilled out. I laid around. Y'all, I am itching to put up Christmas decor. And by tomorrow, I cannot guarantee you that I have not pulled the shit out from the basement. Like... I'm so pressed. I'm so pressed. It don't make no sense how pressed I am. So I think I'm about to just give in and just go on and let the universe use me and go ahead and start putting up decorations. Do y'all have decorations up? Tell me. Slide in my DMs and let a sister know. I'm not judging you. Listen, I'm here for it. And I feel like if I can't beat them, I should just join them. So I'm about to go on and throw myself into the ranks and toss up some Christmas decorations too. So that is all for your Mimi update. Okay, so let's get into some pop culture. I feel like it's been a busy-ish kind of week. Now, I told y'all I had a rough week, so I wasn't into as much as uh, of the things. But here, we're going to talk about some of the things. So I've told you about Coming to America 2 coming out. We talked about that probably a couple of times on the podcast at this point. But we got some new information. So Coming to America, the sequel is coming out on Amazon Prime on March 5th, which is a pushback time because it was supposed to come out by the end of this year. But for whatever reason, they've pushed it back to March 5th. So we'll have to hold our mule just a little while longer and see what happens. Y'all, I'm so nervous because Coming to America is such a cult classic that it's so easy to fuck it up. 
Oh, dear God. So King Akeem and his trusted, confident uh, Simi supposed to embark on a new journey, y'all. They're going to return from Zamunda back to Queens. And allegedly, they're supposed to find out that King Akeem discovers he has a son that he never knew about. Which I feel like is bullshit from the jump because he was not out here in these streets, okay? He was quite the gentleman and he was a one-woman man. So I don't know how we came up with this narrative, but whatever. I'm not even going to reserve judgment until March, but we'll continue to discuss. So we'll put, uh, put that on pause and circle back in March. All right, so People Magazine declared Michael B. Jordan the sexiest man alive. And all I want to know is where the fuck y'all been? I, Mimi Robinson, have been a solid stand for Michael B. Jordan since he was Wallace on The Wire. Listen to me when I tell you I'm not new to this. I am true to this. Do you hear me? He was Wallace starting from the first season of The Wire, which came out in June 2002. Okay? Me and him been leaning with it, rocking with it for 18 years. They just slow to the table. But whatever. Nevertheless, I will say he is more than deserving of such a title publicly because I I didn't get a man a title a long time ago, back before he even had facial hair. Anyway, also GQ names George Clooney as the sexiest man alive. George Clooney ain't never been my cup of tea, but if he's yours, then sip on, honey. But that, not my type. All right, so I was excited to find out that the Wipeout show is returning. Did y'all watch Wipeout? That used to be my shit. Me and my husband used to crack up laughing at these people failing successfully at these Wipeout obstacle courses. Oh my gosh. They're so, <laughs> the big red balls that the people used to bounce off. Oh my God, if you ain't get it right, that shit will bounce you off one onto the other and slam your ass into the water. What a show is coming back, which I did not know. I did not see a date in which it's coming back, but here's the real tea. According to People Magazine, a contestant on the competition show died after completing one of the obstacle courses. Y'all. Now this, I will say, does not surprise me because my husband was big into obstacle course races. He used to do Tough Mudder and all these other um uh spartan races and competitions and he was doing one and a guy jumped into it was like a pool of water in one of the obstacle courses and he never came out he died he drowned and um so i know that all kinds of things happen to people but i was like damn so the article reads that this particular person and they don't identify gender but the contestant had received some medical attention on site. So, you know, they have their own on-site medics. So whatever went on, it caused them to get this person medical attention on site, which they did. But then that person was then transported to the hospital and they died. Very interesting. Um, So just to be a contestant on the show, you have to undergo medical examinations. You have to be cleared for participation and everything, which to me just says we not liable because you knew what you were signing up for. You were in good health. You made clearance. And I'm sure they give you a shit ton of paperwork to fill out that say we not responsible. But shocking, I'm sure. I don't know if that's ever happened to them before, but this was the first time I've ever heard about it. So um, I don't know if they'll put a pause on the show or what, but we'll stay tuned. Also, good news for you shoppers such as myself. 
HomeGoods is finally launching a website. And I just want to say, welcome to fucking 2020. Where the hell have you been? Y'all can't see me blinking real hard, but I was blinking really hard. <sighs> so Home Goods plans to roll out their e-commerce site in 2021. They done made this grandiose ass announcement and they not even ready. We still got to hold our mule some more for next year. Why don't you have a website? I don't, I don't understand. Make it make sense for me. Because the people who have websites, one, I feel like that's business 101. And by the time they came on the scene, no. They've been on the scene for a minute because they're owned by TJ Maxx. Okay, so they were already on the scene when Al Gore's internet became a thing. But it's been around for so long. You should have been jumped on that bandwagon. Now, I don't know if they just struggled to uh, accurately keep up with the inventory or what. Because, you know, you can go on Home Goods today and see something cute. And by tomorrow, that shit is gone and they ain't got no more. So it's not like Target where you can say, okay, does another store have this item in stock? Or when will you get more kind of thing? So I don't know if that's why they study so long, but whatever. Um, but they have been selling in-store merch since 1992. So they're not a stranger to the retail game. But for whatever reason, they didn't make that very necessary jump to online sales, which would have saved their asses during this global pandemic. Because in the beginning, wasn't shit open and they were not in the grocery area. So they had to close down. You could have still been making yourself some money. Oof. I guess better late than never, I suppose. But they definitely left a lot of money on the table. So anyway, that's it for our pop culture update. All right, y'all. So let's get into what Mimi is watching. Mimi was watching all of the things. Let me tell you. Okay, so remember last week I talked all that shit about Kevin Hart. And I told you I don't like any of his stand-ups, even though I've watched them all. Well, I watched the new stand-up that's on Netflix. The Gives No Fucks, I think is what it's called. Yeah, baby and I watched that shit. It was funny as hell. It was. I'm going to go ahead and keep it real with you. I know I'm, I'm going to keep it 100. Here's the thing, though. To me, this was his best stand-up ever. He was in his home telling the jokes, and he wasn't shy. And it's funny because he kept saying, I'm at home. Oh, y'all about to get these jokes. And to me, it was way better. I don't care for the others. Um... I, I laughed. I laughed a lot. Um, I've even found myself repeating some of the things. To me, those are signs of a good stand-up. So kudos to Kevin Hart for the No Fucks Given um, comedy joint on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, do check it out. That shit was fucking funny. So um, he needed to do more of that at home from the basement, which his basement was bomb as fuck. Ooh. I see you, big money. Anyway, I also watched This Is Us, which is now on a break until January. Oh, y'all, this episode was funny as fuck. So <laughs> forget everybody else on the episode. They don't even matter. The only person that matters this week is Randall, y'all. So um, shit, I can't even. Th oh, Deja. I was about to say, I can't think of her name. Deja's boyfriend asked to do like a little internship um with Randall as you know he the city council <laughs> so he shows up to the house he late six minutes y'all know Randall OCD so he let him know so he was late or whatever and they go and so they're like going through the day and <laughs> Malik is his name and so Malik had one job 
y'all. So, okay, Randall does this, like, he'll go live and have, like, this open, like, a, a live video, and he'll kind of talk and address some of the questions and concerns of the citizens, blah, 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 blah. Normally, somebody else will man the technical part of this for him, but that person couldn't, so he asked Malik to do it. Malik had one job, and his one job was to make sure. After he says his closing, whatever that statement is, it's the one he says every week, to end it. Well, Malik got a phone call. So if y'all don't watch the show, Malik is a child. He's a teenager and he also has a daughter. And so he got a phone call about his daughter. I think she she must not, she must have been sick or, you know, not feeling well if she wasn't full on sick because of the way he was answering the questions. It was about, you know, just her medical care and stuff like that. And so he was distracted. So Randall wraps up his segment And he's done and he's thinking Malik, who is attentively watching, supposed to be anyway, in the next room, is paying attention and shuts it down. Malik is on the phone trying to sort out whatever's going on with his daughter. And Randall has moved on to changing out of his clothes and it is live stream. Now, if y'all ain't seen Randall's body, he cut as a motherfucker. He be in the gym, six pack and all that. But he's OCD. (laughs) So you like see him, he's like singing this made up song about folding his shirt while he is meticulously folding his shirt. That shit was funny as fuck. And of course, in true internet fashion, what happens? It goes viral. So Beth is trying to call him and tell him he's not answering his phone. The girls are trying to call. And so Deja ends up calling Malik, which reminds him, oh shit. And he realizes he never stopped it. Too late now. Because he done went viral. But it was complimentary, but viral nevertheless. And so um, at the end, he has this, you know, he's disappointed in Malik. And, you know, he's like, Malik, man, you showed up six minutes late. And then you failed this one thing. Like, I gave you one task today and you failed it. And um, they had a nice heart to heart at the end. And Malik was like, do you know why I was six minutes late? Because I had to wake up at four something in the morning to, you know, he he's a dad. And I'm sure, uh, you know, Randall Randall knew he was a dad, but he didn't think about the details of it. And so he was like, I get up early. I have to wash bottles and prepare bottles and get his daughter ready for daycare and all that stuff. And to then transport her there and all of that. And he was like, that's why I was late. Not because I didn't want to be on time, not because I overslept, because I've been up for so long because I have these priorities that I have to take care of. So they ended up having a nice heart to heart conversation, but. Randall and his six pack was out here in these internet streets. Um, So like I said, they are on break during the holiday season. They'll be back in January. All right, moving on. So y'all already know I've been watching Christmas movies for months now. And well, I added some more. So um, my bestie T was talking about the princess switch on Netflix and how she, that two came out and she wanted to, she was watching it and it was good. And I was like, Okay, let me see what it's about. Here's the thing. I didn't realize that there was a one. <laughs> a two, I was thinking more T-O-O instead of T-W-O. So I didn't quite get that there was a one and that she was excited to see the two. So I watched the one, which was really, really cute and funny. And then I turned around back to back and watched the two, which was also still cute. So it stars Vanessa Hudgenson um, and she is playing multiple people. I hope she cashed all of the checks because she was playing all of the people. 
So um, the story of the, the premise of the movie is one week before Christmas, a duchess switches places with an ordinary woman from Chicago who looks exactly like her and they each fall in love with each other's bows. Which sounds crazy, but it's perfect for a Christmas movie. But it was a cute story and their little hijinks are incredibly funny. Um, and so I watched that. And then the second one is um, they switching again. <laughs> they switched again, even though they did come clean. But then they switched again. And um, then there's a cousin in the mix. So now she's playing three people instead of two and stuff. But it was funny. Except for... They pulled the Aunt Viv, as T called it. Um, they switched out the daughter. So, okay. So one of the characters has a daughter. So he's dating one of the girls, one of the characters that Vanessa Hutchinson is playing. And he has a daughter. And she's a very precocious, cute little medium brown girl with curly hair in the first one. Well, in the second one, they replaced her. I don't know why they replaced her, but they did. And they replaced her with a light-skinned little girl. I don't know if sis was busy or what. But it was very obvious because her character is important to the story. And so I was just like, why, why, do, why do we do that? Why did we do that? Um, the first girl was better. Um, she seemed like a natural, she seemed like, you know, it was effortless for her. The character is played by, um, the character's name, excuse me, is Olivia. And so I don't know why they switched the girl, but I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Anyway, um, other than that, the movie was a lot of fun. It was really funny and I talked back to it. All right, moving on. Ooh, all rise returned. Ah. <sighs> All Rise is still a relatively new show, but they are finding ways to take it to the next level. So in the episode, they um, the pandemic is going on for them too, like it is for us. And there is a episode, not episode, there is a part in the episode where there is some police biasness taking place. So there's a black girl who stopped by a white cop and he was just like unnecessarily rough with her. She was a child. She was not an adult. She was a child. So Judge Lola Carmichael, the main character of All Rise, noticed it and stopped to make sure that the girl was okay. Now, as she approached the scene, she loudly told this white cop that she was a judge. That mofo did not care. And the little girl had a book bag and she was wanting to, you know, show him something. And he pulled his gun out on her. And so Judge Lola jumped in front of her. This man treated Judge Lola like she was some random bitch on the street. And it was, I guess, disappointing and disheartening, but much like the shit that's going on in the real world, too. Um, so in this case, it's not art imitating uh well, it is art imitating life, but it's just like, God damn, like it, it was a heavy ish episode. Um, and so then her best friend, Mark, who is a white guy, they've been friends since college and everything. He shows up and he wasn't sympathetic to her. He was kind of telling Lola as if she was wrong for feeling the way she felt um, and invalidating her feelings and sided with the white cop. And, 
you know, he's all like, well, how did he know he was a judge? Okay, Mark, you showed up on the scene. How the fuck did he know that you were who you said you were? You told him, except for he believed you and he didn't believe her. Y'all, she gave him the silent treatment. In the end, she did air out her grievances with him, which I'm glad she did. She didn't let him off the hook, which I'm glad she did. And so uh, that trial also came into her court. And so there was like, oh, is there some biasness and this and that? But um, it was a very, very well done episode for sure also um judge lola carmichael is pregnant which is funny i could tell it in her face before um she actually appears that she could be pregnant in real life i don't know on her social media there are no pictures of her bump but she could be so um her husband her real life husband played um this is real ghetto (laughs) her real her husband in real life was the fake dad to Annie in the Black Annie remake with uh, Jamie Foxx's Mr. Stack. So if you've seen that movie, the guy who played the fake dad that fake kidnapped Annie is her husband in real life. All right, moving on. So um, President Obama's book came out. I'm, I've, I'm, I already know I mentioned it. And he was on the Oprah show. Did y'all know Oprah had a show, y'all? I didn't know Oprah had a show. Now, it's not on network television. It's on Apple TV, but I didn't know that Oprah had a show. So it's called The Oprah Conversation. It's on Apple TV. And so he appears, this is season one, episode 11. And the title is Discussing His Memoir, Promised Land. So um, y'all know Oprah don't have do shit. Let me tell y'all what she did. So it's just candid conversation with a friend because they are friends in real life. But... If you watched or if you do watch, it looks like they're sitting in one room together having this conversation and that couldn't be more further from the truth. So Oprah was in the room and there was an actual fireplace except for Barack was here in D.C. in a studio uh, with a green screen behind him sitting in the chair. But the way they did it, it looked like they were in one room. So there's one point where he's kicking his feet like a small child as if they were playing footsies. And it looks so funny, but it was so freaking cool how they even thought to do that because it looks seamless like they were in the same place. Um, That was a good episode. A little bit dry because, I mean, it's not like exciting and big energy kind of talk. It's a real conversation. It ain't TV. Um, But I enjoyed it. So moving on. I also watched the Christmas edition, which is a Lifetime movie. And it's about a character who, um, she's an editor, uh, up and coming journalist, and she ends up um, quitting her job because it was taken over and they wanted to offer her a position that was a few steps behind where she was and she wasn't having it. So she ends up moving to Alaska to run a small town newspaper. And of course, it's a Christmas movie, so she falls in love and all that other stuff. It was a really cute story. Um, what else did I watch? I watched Blackish. So Ruby and Pop are officially married again. They walk down the aisle, pandemic style, because there's a pandemic going on on their show too. And so it was so freaking cute and sweet. They talk about the family dynamics and how people don't follow the rules and how they don't RSVP like they're supposed to and blah, 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 blah. But it was a really good show. So do watch that episode. Okay, so the absolute best thing that I watched on television this week was ah, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion. Tell me you watched it. Tell me you watched it. You better have fucking watched it. I've watched it twice at this point. 
relax, relate, release. Okay, let's talk about it. It was so damn good. It was better than what I expected, although I didn't really have specific expectations. It is not a reboot by any means. It is the old cast coming together and having candid conversation about what they created 30 years ago, I think it was, and um, the lessons that they've learned, how life has transpired after that, how they didn't realize the magic they were creating when they were creating it, so on and so forth. Ugh. It was done by Westbrook, which is um, Will and Jada and a brother, Jada's brother's production company or whatever. So well put together. Like I feel like all reunion shows, like that was the model for it. If you don't do it like this, it's lame. All right. So they show clips of the show that um, kind of feed into the conversation that they're having. You know, they're going down memory lane. They shared a lot of behind the scenes stuff, which I thought was dope. I like to see how shit runs in the background. Also, every single clip that they showed, I remembered every episode. And I was just like, oh my God, in some cases, I remembered the lines. Um, So there is a special tribute to James Avery because he was Uncle Phil, the only cast member who was no longer living. And that was really sweet. It had everybody crying. I was crying. I wasn't crying, but I definitely was teary. I definitely had tears rolling. It was like, oh my God, this is so sweet. Um, It was emotional, y'all. I was not prepared to be all in my feelings. I just wanted to watch and be entertained, but it sucks you in. Like you feel like you know these people, especially if you were a fan of the show and you watched from the first episode to the last, like I did. I was invested. Apparently I'm still invested 30 years later. Who knew? First of all, How is it that the show is 30 and I'm only 41? Whatever. But I recall every single episode for sure. And I I always like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I'll even watch the repeats when they come on. But I don't know that I ever considered myself a fan. I never not considered myself a fan. But I just did not think of myself in a way as a fan. Apparently, I'm a fucking fan. And I'm okay with that. So, they get down to all of the things we wanted to know. So um, they also had the original Aunt Viv on and I knew that she and Will had a sit down. I didn't know what it looked like. Well, on the reunion show, they show it. So the sit down is just her and Will. So Will's talking to his old castmates and, you know, talking about how he didn't feel like it. he could celebrate this momentous occasion without Janet, who was the original Aunt Viv, and how after 27 years, they met face to face and had a conversation because they had a lot of shit pop off in the 27 years. It was a nasty exit. So um, their conversation was very touching. They were very open and honest. Um, And he he said to her, can you tell me your story? I didn't really know your story. So at the time when all this shit went down on the show, Will was only 21 And watching it, I felt like she owned her shit. I felt like he owned his shit. I don't give a fuck how other people feel. Because some people like, oh, he should do this. He should do that. No. At 21, you're selfish as fuck. And at 21, you're supposed to be. You're just becoming a young adult. You are supposed to sow your royal fucking oats. You wanted this mature, grown man shit from someone who was only a wee bit older than a child. Like... No, 
Nobody is that mature. So he did say, in hindsight, having heard her tell him her story, that he understands how painful it was. But he's now looking through the lens of a 50-year-old man who has been married and divorced, has three kids and has been remarried and has had a shit ton of life experience. At 21, he ain't have life experience. He was broke because he had lost his money, his music money, because he had not paid his taxes. So this was a fresh start for him. He needed that shit. But he he was 21. I won't tell y'all what the fuck I was doing at 21, but it wasn't no mature shit. Let me tell you that. Even though I was somebody's wife, it was not mature. I was fucking 21. So the sit down was really, really sweet. Um, They both cried. Um, They hugged it out and they both agreed that it was time to move on, which I really like. Um, I like that he allowed her to share her story. He didn't interrupt her. He validated her feelings and all of that. And I was like, damn, he is mature as fuck. There were definitely parts and pieces that we never heard before. So the cliff notes of what happened to Aunt Viv. She was not fired. She didn't agree to the terms of the contract that they offered her. She was pregnant in real life when she was pregnant with Nikki on the show. And so they had dialed back her character and she was not in agreement with the dial back. That also meant less screen time and less money. And that was not enough to sustain her life. And so... She declined to accept their contract. So they went ahead and recasted her role. Now, she did say she had a bunch of personal stuff going on at home. She was in abusive marriage. Her husband was out of work and all this other stuff. But that was stuff that the cast didn't know. Like they didn't know anything about her personal life. So not to say that it's her fault for not sharing because she didn't have to share. But you also can't blame somebody for not knowing what they did not know. Um... And so she had this new baby. She's out of work. She was like, her family shunned her and was like, you brought shame to the family name. Like it was a whole ordeal. So um, it was really endearing to just see them reconcile as adults. I'm glad that they had the moment and I do love that they shared it. And they shared it in a genuine way. Not like, let me just publicize this like it, it it was a genuine and authentic moment and that came across when you watch they hadn't spoken in 27 years also even as janet um i can't imagine imagine carrying around a bee for 27 years fuck that <laughs> like i don't have time for that i no. And maybe it's easy for me to say that because my you know it's not my story she didn't work after that, um, so one of the things she said that was so hurtful her, to her was that Will said she was difficult to work with. And I will agree that that statement is a, very much a nail in the coffin kind of like behavior for black women in Hollywood. And so I think that's what she was most hurt about. But again, he was 21 and he did not understand, um, you know, what that would do to her career. Also, I don't know that people were even listening to Will at 21. Like he wasn't the star then in a way that he had become. Um, So I don't know. But anyway, she said she didn't work. So um, it was just nice to see the healing. The other thing we learned that I did not know is that the original Aunt Viv and the 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 second aunt vid had never met before they had never ever. Okay, so after the interview, Will um, was like, you know, 
if you guys are open to it, I'd love to have Janice come out. And they were all like, yeah, 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 bring her out. Now, Afonso Ribeiro was absent for that part. He was filming America's Funniest Videos. Um, and for whatever reason, I guess the internet thought he and Janet had beef because he was missing. And he was like, nah, B, I just, I just had to work and I couldn't be there at the time. He was there for the other parts of the union. So the reunion. So anyway, um, they had never met before and I was shocked. And so as Will is like, you know, can she come out? And they're all like, yeah. And he turned to, you know, the second Aunt Viv and she was like, yeah. She was like, do you know we've never met before? And even Will didn't know. But I guess if she was no longer in Hollywood, then how would they have met? I'm not really sure. Anyway, it was dope. It was so dope. And then they had um, young Nikki come out. He looks funny as a grown man. He's still, you can see the little Nikki in him, but he definitely is full on grown with a mustache and all that other stuff. And I was just like, oh, okay. Um, Follow up to that. So Will did an episode of the Red Table Talk where he elaborated more on him and Aunt Viv. Matter of fact, the episode was only him and a therapist. This was the same therapist that was on set when they had the uh, meeting and the conversation. And so, um, yeah, like it was really, it was deep. So he played more clips of the interview. I think we saw more on the Red Table Talk than we had seen during the reunion. But it was like a really, really mature conversation. And he realized why he acted the way he acted at the time. And uh, of course, it ended up being tied to like some childhood traumas with him having an abusive father and all this other stuff. But um, it was a very, very good conversation. So if you want to know more, I would suggest you watch the Red Table Talk episode with Will and that therapist. I don't remember her name, but it's more about just him unpacking the whole Aunt Viv thing. Very well done. Um, He did vow to always protect her. So if people, you know, want to still drag her through the mud and, you know, continue the salacious conversation or whatever, that he will um protect her in that way and bring the conversation back like no that's not what we're doing we're not hash we're not hashing out this beef thing we've put it past us and it's best for you and the media to do the same which I thought was really really admirable so that's it for what Mimi watched I told y'all I was busy sis was watching the things okay so for our main topic I wanted to talk about Clubhouse Clubhouse is a new social media app have you heard of it I didn't know much about it. I heard some rumblings about it. I'd see um, one girl I know, um, Arian. Shout out to Arian. Um, she owns Family, and she makes all natural feminine care products. Um, Family is f e m l y dot com. If you're interested, do check her out. Show her some love. She's bomb. She would post about it on Facebook, and I figured out what it was about just based on her post, but I didn't get it right. So. I dug a little more and I learned that it was, I knew it was a social media app. Like I got that, but I had no idea about the platform, but apparently it's a whole big to do because it's invite only. Hmm. So if you don't know what clubhouse is, clubhouse is a new voice chat based social media app. That's it. That's all. It's, um, it's almost like a podcast format. Like, there are, you don't have pages, you have, you know, a basic profile where you can put in your bio, but that's it. There's no writing on the walls. It's not like Instagram. It's not like Facebook. It's like, like anything. Matter of fact, if you are familiar with Anchor, before Anchor got into podcasting, it was like an audio based kind of 
social media app, except for you could leave a message for each other. Whereas in Clubhouse, you can listen to the audio conversation and you have an opportunity to be inside of that live conversation as it's taking place. So Clubhouse has made headlines because it's been frequented by um, tech industry movers and shakers, celebrities, everyday folks. Um, I know I saw that Oprah tried it, Mark Cuban tried it, Van Jones, and I think Chris Rock have all tried the app. Um, the app is still in beta testing, so it's not available for the public. Um, not in that way, but your girl is on it. So if you, first of all, if you're on Clubhouse, do find me. Um, of course, I'm at Mimi Cute Lips. I'll tell you how I got in and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. So um, when you're in the platform, you can participate in different chat rooms on the any topic, literally any topic. So you can create a room and discuss. OK, say I wanted to create a room and we were just going to talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion like you could have a room just based on that topic, right? I can pick people to join the discussion with me and we can go back and forth. So that's called the stage. So if if you want a stage and you in charge, right? You run in a show, but you also have an audience. So within the app, you have a chance to bring your audience to the stage to join the conversation. So that's the general premise of how it works. Um, Here's the thing, though. I told you it's audio only, but once it's gone, it's gone. You don't you you don't get playbacks. You can't record or anything. If you don't get it in real time, you don't get it like that's it. So um, it's been in beta testing since earlier this year. Um, I don't know exactly when I've only been on it a week. OK, so. Let me go back. So Arian was talking about it and I was like, oh, okay, let me look. So I went to the site and I just signed up for just like notifications or whatever. And I got an email from, I don't know, somebody from Clubhouse. And I really didn't pay much attention to it because I didn't know what it meant, honestly. <laughs> so I, I saw it, I marked it, I skimmed over it, and then I marked it unread and left it. And then my sister was asking me about it. And I was like, oh, they just sent me an email. So I went back to it. So here's what I know, that it is by invite only. Now, the, one of the dope things about it is I can be in the room sharing a conversation between myself, my we'll say my best DT, and Oprah. Like, the people who are members run the gamut from Oprah's to everyday people. You never know who you are virtually sitting next to in these rooms or even engaged in dialogue with which is dope. Um, in my mind, I hadn't figured out, like, I don't have a plan on how I want to use it. I did explore it more today because my girlfriend, Christine, shout out to Christine of Moms in Charge, um, asked me about it. And Christine is a friend who will push you outside of your comfort zone and make sure you grow. And so um, when she mentioned it this morning, she just joined and I was like, oh, I'm a member, but I hadn't poked around. I don't know how it works. So today um, they actually have this one room where it's like, it's like the welcome club and they kind of tell you how the app works, how to maneuver around it and stuff like that. So I have a better understanding now and I actually spoke on a stage um, <laughs> today. So I have not like done my own room or anything like that, but I did en engage. Um, to me, it's not the kind of app where you just want to play in the background and just listen to other people. I think there's great power and opportunity to network and to collaborate um, with people. 
regardless of what your interests are. If you're a business owner, it's bomb to collaborate. Um, if you're looking for new business or whatever, like the sky is the limit. So I'm challenging myself to be engaged, to stay engaged. I don't want to miss out on a dope opportunity that's relatively, you know, exclusive right now. Um, and then just piss away the opportunity. So um, the app is in the app store. I don't know if it's on Android. I think my sister looked and she couldn't find it. It's definitely on um, iPhones. I know that much for sure. Um, and you can download the app and you can go in and reserve your name. So I went in and I did that. I downloaded and reserved my name. But without an actual invitation, there isn't much you can do beyond that. Here's the thing. If you know someone who is in the app and they have invites they can give out, they can essentially bump you to the top of the list, the, mm, bump you to the top of the list and kind of bring you in. So I did it. And this girl I know let me in so I didn't have to wait. So there is a way. There may be other ways. I don't really know them. That's all I know. That's how it happened for me. So I'm going to check it out and explore it some more um, and see what comes of it. So stay tuned. I'll definitely tell you more about it. And again, if you're on it, let me know. Follow me and uh, we can connect on there as well. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mimi Said What? You already know the deal. If you like it, you love it. And you damn sure want more of it. Please rate the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast with your friends on social. Uh, and leave me a rating and review. I will love you long time. Um, You can follow me at Mimi Cute Lips everywhere on social, including Clubhouse. And as you continue the conversation, don't forget to use hashtag Mimi said what. Do have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Do have a safe Thanksgiving. Don't forget to support some black businesses during Black Friday and Small Biz Saturday and maybe even Cyber Monday. Until next time, cuties. (laughs) 